Monday, and you know what that means. Happy Dragon Day. Welcome to Throne Zone Season 3. This is your captain speaking, and last time on Throne Zone, uh, we had just left Westeros in an absolute mess. And I'm not just talking about the state of King's Landing. Uh, season 8 of Game of Thrones left the majority of fans on a sour note. We'll address that in a minute. But we are back in George Martin's fantasy world with the arrival of House of the Dragon and what a welcome return it is. As the song goes, reunited, and it feels so good. It so does. Joining me for this new generation of Throne Zone is Sir Daniel of House Crimmins. Um, so a lot's changed since we last did Throne Zone. Um, we have a new lineup. We've gone Vidya. I have a daughter called Arya, of course. Um, and we're now two episodes into this new series. We wanted to wait. Uh, for the first two episodes to really delve into this golden Targaryen era of Westeros. So uh, before we begin, you can raise your banners for us by giving the channel a like. Follow us on social media, of course, at Zone UK. So um, let, let's begin where we left off. Season 8. <sighs> it's the ugly stepsister of Game of Thrones. Um, like, some parts I could see would have been good if the if it wasn't so rushed like a lot of people hated the the battle of winterfell i absolutely loved it like it was dark yeah but i think that added to the tension of the episode oh yeah you know i personally i never had issue with it at all not at all could it have been a little bit better what can't what movie is absolutely perfect it's not possible Given that, you know, I, I honestly, I think they could have spread it out over two episodes. Yeah. And definitely not rushed it into the third episode of the season. And, I mean, my, my issue came more, like, with the logic after that. Like, because it seemed like after that logic just went gone. Yeah. Like, the first half of season eight had potential. But then as soon as we went back to King's Landing and refocused on Cersei, it all went to hell in well, a handbasket like you know the dothraki were pretty much wiped out yeah and then in the uh finale it's like they're all back <laughs> like okay <laughs> you know also, like, the, the golden sense like does she have night king powers now and the, the golden company were absolutely useless yeah like they're supposed to be, like this elite fighting force and like Drogon instantly wipes them out. Like, they did nothing. <laughs> um, Drogon, of course, is a good place to pick up because he was a force to be reckoned with all the way through. He was just this brute of a dragon. Um, and, the, the like, he was still growing at the end of Season 8, and apparently he could be as big as Balerion, who is just, as we see from the skull in House of the Dragon and at points in Game of Thrones, was enormous. Um, but of course, we do see some differences in the dragons. Um, Drogon was very bulky, very muscular. The ones that we've seen so far, um, they're, they're, they're pretty slim. They have long, slender necks. And of course, it's all because of how they're raised. Um, the dragons in House of the Dragon, of course, are kept in the dragon pit, so they don't have the freedom that Daenerys' dragons had. And I think they mentioned it at some point in 
the original series that towards the end of when dragons ran wild, they were no bigger than dogs. Yeah. I think the final Targaryen dragon, they said, was like no bigger than a cat. Yeah. And then in comes the triplets. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, who knows how many more are, are out there? Like, what's Drogon out there doing? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the most popular opinion is he flew Daenerys' body to old Valyria, which would make, yep. I guess, make sense. I would believe it. Um, he knows where it is. He's been there. That's where Tyrion first saw a dragon. I mean, so there's at least two dragons. You know, we know that. Yeah. Um, so season eight ended. <laughs> I think it tried to give us a happy ending. So, like, everybody's story's wrapped up with Sansa has a throne. Arya's traveling. Jon is back at the wall. Well, yeah, he went the beyond the wall after now. Yeah. Um, Tyrion is a hand of the king again. Uh, like some of it, it okay, it it made sense. It felt nice and comfortable and warm, but Brienne of Tarth, I think, had the best, you know, resolution out of everybody. Yeah. Um. All she ever wanted to be was a knight, and she is a knight. Not only that, but she's head of the Kingsguard. Yeah, and so she, I mean, she she kind of was for Renly in a way. Well, how well did that turn out? Yeah, well, <laughs> witchcraft. Sabotage. Like, there's there's a lot of much, much, much better ways season eight could have ended. For me, at the yeah. time, I wasn't as angry as most people. I kind of accepted it for what it was. Yeah. Mainly, Probably mainly because it, it was never going to please everybody because nobody wanted it to end or because... Nobody knew how the books are going to end yet because they haven't been finished. George, get to work if you're if you're <laughs> going to be watching this. Game of Thrones is finished. Can we finish the books now? No, we're going to produce a new series. Okay. It, at least tell us how it's going to end. Be like, yeah, this is what's going to happen. It may get to the point where he's going to have to just say, this is the end that I had planned. I mean, my, my biggest gripe with, with the show was that... Um, and, and and I'll be be as brief as I can. There were inklings like right around the beginning, like the first episode, that it, it wasn't gonna be good. Like you heard, like mm-hmm. the cast kind of started to kind of drop hints, like Peter Dinklage kind of like. When normally they're like, oh my god, it's a fantastic season. Like he said, people are gonna be surprised. Like he was very careful with his words. Yeah. And there's that infamous video of uh, Amelia Clark on the red carpet with uh, the actor that played Grey Worm and uh, the actress that played Masande. And they ask her about it, and she kind of has that nervous laugh where she just says, best season ever. Yeah, very sarcastically. Like, I think then there were hints that, like, something was up. And, you know, spoilers coming out and... Like, the whole thing about who Jon Snow really was, like, didn't mean anything. No. I mean, the the reveal was huge. All he had to do after he killed Daenerys was say, 
my name is Aegon Targaryen. And that throne is mine. By birthright. Yeah, but he infamously didn't want it. He didn't want it. But he <laughs> did want to be king beyond the wall. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was a natural leader. We saw that through his entire journey for the first yeah. six seasons. Uh, and he in season seven, even, he was very much a natural leader. But as soon as he met Daenerys, everything changed for him. Uh, and I think I spoke about this in the group. As soon as those two met in season seven, everything went wrong for her, too. Yeah. She came into Westeros at the end of season six with this huge armada, the dragons, two huge armies, uh, and then everything just goes wrong. And um, as soon as she meets Jon Snow, every, the dragons start dying, uh, the Dothraki get wiped out. Twice. Twice. Even Tyrion starts letting her down. But uh, we come to House of the Dragon. And understandably, a lot of people were sketchy. There were some people that were in the mindset of season eight was such a letdown. I'm not even going to bother giving it a chance. But the more and more hype that surrounded it, the more excitement there was from people the closer we got, there was more and more hype about it. The marketing for House of Dragon is so well done. Oh, yeah. And I think they did a fantastic job telling people, yes, this is in the same universe, but this is not Game of Thrones. You know, it's, you know, we saw that in the cast and, you know, there are comparisons between Amelia Clark as Daenerys and the girl that plays Rhaenyra which I, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Uh, Millie Alcock. Yeah. And they're saying, oh, they look so similar. Well, they're, they're supposed to be playing the Targaryens. Like, <laughs> she she is her ancestor. Like, what do you want? Like, she's, like, I think, like, a distant cousin or something or other. Yeah, the, the Targaryen family tree is so fucked up, I'm not even going to try to work it out. <laughs> I, I don't think it's just, I don't think it's a tree. I think it's just one giant thing of tumbleweed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there there is definitely comparisons in the characters themselves too between those two, which came very much more into in the second episode. So, um, we kicked it off last week, and I think it did a great job instantly of establishing who's who in like the opening minutes. So oh, King yeah. Jaehaerys the first is clearly growing old; he needs to find an heir or name an heir. Um. We then move forward nine years into Viserys' reign as king, and he finds himself in the same situation. The next in line to his throne is his unstable brother, Damon, played brilliantly by Matt Smith. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, a great actor to me is somebody that can make you love them and make you absolutely hate them. Yeah. And... I mean... And, and Matt Smith is such a likable guy. Like, whenever you see interviews, wonderful guy. I mean, he's similar to um, to the guy that played Joffrey. Like, he just played yeah. it so well. Like, totally not the evil bastard that Joffrey was. Like, no, Matt, Matt Smith has a way of just making you like him. Like, I remember when he was announced as the new doctor and. 
a lot of people didn't want to give him a chance because David Tennant was so good. And then in comes this younger guy that was not very well known at the time. So nobody really knew who he was. But within one episode, he became a lot of people's favorite. Yeah. All he needed was one episode of Doctor Who to win people over. And all he needed was one episode of House of the Dragon to become an incredible villain already. Oh, yeah. And it's like, and Damon Targaryen is a very complex character. Like, villainous, but at the same time, like. You kind of see his point. Like, I mean, he did kind of get screwed. Like, he <laughs> did what his brother instructed him to do. Like, yeah. with with the city guard like it you told him to get out of control he did a little extreme but he did the job i mean you gotta send a message with crime and be like hey you know it's not gonna be tolerated and then you don't like his methods like tell him how you want the job done and then let him do then have him do it yeah like daenerys was always the one that broke the mold for the Targaryen dynasty. Like, we always heard that they were crazy, power-hungry warlords, and she was the complete opposite. Like, yeah, she wanted power because it was her birthright, but she went about things the right way. Um, And she was very much a woman of the people. But then in comes Viserys, and so you expect now we're going back 200 years, the the Targaryens are going to be twisted and evil. And he's just a nice guy, too. He's nice in spite of himself. Like it was like it was as um as Damon stated, I think it was the first episode where he said, I have to protect my brother from himself. Yeah. Like you can't be a nice guy and be a ruler. You just you can't. You've got to make those tough decisions. And like oh, yeah. you saw you saw it in this episode where you know, he had to choose a wife. Yeah. And he chose somebody that he loved. Well, I mean, I think he loves Alison Hightower. I think he does love her in, in a way. Was it the right decision? Absolutely not. I mean, for his crown, no. But, like... Personally, For, yeah. for his conscience, yeah. Uh, the other choice was a 12-year-old. And that's just like... <laughs> and it was so... Um, just so casual. Yeah, yeah, she's 12. She'll she'll bed you in when she's 14. Like, well, wait, wait a minute. Like, that makes it so much better. <laughs> like, come on. Like, from from a strategic standpoint, like, that's the, the, the best they had. Like... Yeah. Like, you can't find another vote house valerian you know family member like you don't have anybody um yeah so i mean that's the problem viserys has no male heirs uh his only daughter rhaenyra um but there's never been a queen so that's the problem and she is another one who just instantly has grabbed everybody's attention on screen and very much like matt smith when he took over in doctor who She's not very well known, but within one episode, a lot of people know who she is now. And she's going to be. She's going to be. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not looking forward to, like, the mid-season shift um, 
for Renera and Allison because obviously they're going to age up into very very talented actresses too. But the, the teenage actresses that we're seeing now are so talented. Now is it is it going to be a different actress? I I haven't paid much attention. Or... Yeah. So, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, Olivia Cook will be taken over as Alison Hightower, and Emma Darcy will be taken over as an older Rhaenyra. So I think, like mid-season, they're going to time jump, like that I don't know, five years or something. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, but like, she's just so likable. Yeah, and from what we've seen so far, she was very likable in episode one. She. Uh, she she was very logical in episode one. Episode two, we're seeing a lot more shades of the the powerful ruler that we once saw in Daenerys. Yeah, like she's flipped a switch between two episodes, and she's she's been named the heir to the throne now. So we open episode two, and immediately in her first scene, she's like commanding power and respect. But yet. Her father still has her as a as a cupbearer. Like that. <laughs> why? Like why? Does, why are you doing that? Like it made sense when she was a kid. Like she's your heir. Have her sitting at the small council. Like I mean, we all know from the books what's going to happen. But still, a common sense would say have her by your side so she can learn. Yeah, but she is learning very quickly anyway. Um, maybe a little headstrong in the second episode, but I mean, she's going to have to be. Yeah. I mean, Daenerys was, I mean, not at first, but because she had her, uh, her brother. Yeah. Well, there's a difference. Like Daenerys fought for the throne, whereas it's promised to Rhaenyra. Yeah. So far. uh, Rhaenyra, you're going to be there now. You know, it's not like. And I think we saw that Viserys is, you know, he's in a weird place. Like, he's just lost his wife, like, six months ago. Yeah. And, like, he's just in a really weird spot. Like, he's got to choose another wife. And, like, they're saying, well, you've got to do it. Well, he's the king. He can pretty much do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, and he's probably still traumatized. Like that, that stillbirth scene was powerful, and you didn't want to look at the screen, but you couldn't not look at the screen. It was honestly that it was really emotionally tough to watch, which is what they wanted. Yeah, that's what Game of Thrones is. I mean, they gave us a red wedding moment. In episode one. Yeah. Literally very, very red, very bloody. Uh, And of course, that was that scene really was the catalyst to Damon's. I guess, betrayal, Um, because, of course, he went on to make jokes about the the king for a day or the heir for a day. And word got back to the king, obviously. So, of course, it is like. It's King's Landing. There are no secrets there. No, news travels so fast in King's Landing. 
Like, you really think your brother's not going to find out is not going to be upset that you're mocking his dead son? And like, that his, I, his excuse was, well, we all mourn in different ways. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that makes it okay. Like, hey, I was, I was distraught. Yeah. <laughs> I was in mourning. Um, I, I mean, I also saw a side of Matt Smith I never really thought I'd see in that scene either from the waist up. Like, there we go. Episode one, we get the sex scene, too. <laughs> Probably since it's in the Game of Thrones universe and Georgia R. R. Martin is a kind of a perfy bastard. Like, I'm <laughs> sure it's not going to be the last. No, it was inevitable. We we got it all in the first episode. Nudity, blood, dragons, the works. And we even got House Stark in a, in a little snippet. Yeah, nice little a cameo from, from House from Stark. Rickon Stark. I wonder if this one can zigzag. <laughs> um, another interesting character and a new a new household really to the universe. Um, Otto Hightower played again brilliantly by Reese Evans, clearly playing politics as he's the one that sent his daughter Allison to comfort the king. Nothing like pimping out your own daughter. Yeah, and not only that, but the king's best fr- the king's daughter's best friend. Yeah, you, you you pimp out your own daughter. <laughs> Again, the Game of Thrones universe. There, there is no shame in the Game of Thrones universe. It was like when everybody found out about Cersei and Jaime, it was just like a dirty little secret, but nobody was really outraged by it. No, and like Tywin like acted like he didn't know. Like, how could you not know? <laughs> like sir if, if i remember right Cersei even said to me she's like how could you not know yeah and even Tyrion was like your brother and sister are screwing each other and he's just like yeah what can i say i'm the clean one so um and there was episode- always that fan theory that Jamie and and Cersei were secretly Targaryen. Yeah. The, the story goes, um, Tywin's wife, I know Ares Targaryen really had a thing for uh, Tywin's wife, and maybe... Again, that's why they needed more episodes in season seven and eight, because there's still so much that was unexplored. Yeah, you know, they could have... Martin wanted ten seasons, HBO wanted ten seasons... The two men that shall remain nameless said, nah, we can do it in eight. Yeah, we just, we just want to wrap this up and move on to Star Wars and then leave that project, too. Oh, they got fired. Yeah. <laughs> and after season eight, okay. I'm not surprised. Kennedy. The, yeah, one of the only good things she's done for the Star Wars universe. Pretty uh, bad that uh, like they got fired over the response to Game of Thrones. Yeah, like if you maybe maybe if you'd have taken more time and actually cared about your ending, you yeah. would still have this other project to go to, which is multi millions. Yeah, I mean you'd be making a fortune now, but hey, you got fired and now that, nobody. They screwed themselves. Oh yeah, they did it to themselves. Absolutely. Um. So, like we said, season one, well, uh, episode one rather, ends with Rhaenyra named as the heir. Damon leaves with some of the Kingsguard to take Dragonstone. Um, and so episode two, 
I would actually say the opening titles for episode one, there was no opening titles. It was very different. Um, and we begin with this like caption explaining how long ago it was. So I didn't really expect anything different from season two, but boom, there's the classic opening yep. theme. It was a nice surprise. I, I wasn't expecting it. Um, like you said before we started recording, you were expecting maybe a different theme with the new opening titles, but I I don't know. I kind of like having the original theme. It ties it together, and I like that they didn't use it instantly because it lets you know uh-huh. it's a different show, but it's the same universe. Yeah. And I like the uh, the title sequence. I I do like how like you know you mm-hmm. see like the blood flowing down and well let's just know that this is gonna be a bloodbath. Yeah, and to me it was like a giant family tree being painted out with blood, which is basically what the Targaryen Targaryen dynasty is. It's a bloody it's family tree. Fire and blood. <laughs> um. So we open episode two. Um, like we said, with Rhaenyra switching, flipping that switch, changing her attitude. She's much more determined now, now that she has this promised future, now that she knows she's next in line. Um, she tries to convince the king to use their dragon power against their enemies. Um, she selects Sir Criston Cole to lead the king's guard. And then we later see her confront Damon. So she's she's just gone full badass in episode two. Oh yeah. And she's like, still, I think, only fifteen. Yeah, fourteen or fifteen. And like she's doing what is the what what her father won't do. Yeah. Very much. Like, like his only focus is a new marriage and extending his lineage. And he's trying to keep the peace and you know, honestly, that's what Damon was trying to do. He was trying to lure his brother out in the open. And I have no doubt he probably would have taken out Viserys right then and there. Yeah. He would have taken him out. He was definitely ready to take uh, Otto out. You know, and I, I think, you know, when uh, Rhaenyra showed up, he's like, yeah, I, I, I kind of I, I can't do that. Because, you know, he's got the hots for his niece, you know. Because Game of Thrones. And Targaryens. Also, I mean, that would kind of put him on the throne. Yeah, it would. You know, it would... Uh, I mean, he he's not stupid. No. He's, nope. He is kind of twisted, but he's also very, very intelligent. I mean, the, the woman he said was bearing his child, even though she wasn't. You know, like... Everything he did was to provoke Viserys. Yeah. It didn't work, but it didn't work how he wanted it to. No, he ended up provoking Rhaenyra instead. I mean, that's why he gave up so easy. He's like, here, take the egg. I don't want it. Yeah, and we weren't, I don't think we were really expecting anything that tense in episode two either. Like, so you've got Damon and his little band of soldiers and Otto and whatever's left of the, the city guard or the king's guard. Um, and already you just, they're on this bridge surrounded by smoke. Damon brings out his dragon. 
and out of nowhere comes Rhaenyra with her dragon. So now you've not only got two armies standing off, you've got two dragons standing off. Yeah. <laughs> Which just sets the tone for what this show is going to be. It's the dance leading up to the Dance of Dragons. Yeah. Which probably will be in season two, which, you know, it, it, it's rare for a show to get picked up for a second season after only one. Yeah, but I think we knew it was going to be more than one season. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I, I think it could easily be, I think, four easily. Yeah. And even if they go all the way up to like the 200 years, there's a lot of stories to tell from oh, the yeah. Targaryens. And there's the previous 200. Like, there was talk for a while of doing Aegon's Conquest. Yeah. Like, that's, I would love to see that. That's a hell of a budget, even if it's just for Balerion burning Harrenhal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like the season one and two budget on just Balerion alone. <laughs> that's a lot of CGI. Um, so, meanwhile... The CEO of Warner Me- of Warner Discovery is uh, is a penny pincher now. Yeah. Um, also, HBO needs to work on their leaks because I didn't hear about it until this morning. But apparently, this second episode also leaked before it aired. I Just mean, that's, like, that was a problem with eight with Game of Thrones season seven, season eight. Yeah. Like with Viserion in season seven, like oh. there were leaks that one of the dragons was going down. And like, cause you saw, like there was, I remember there was a still of the blue, yeah. the blue eyed dragon. And at first, like it wasn't close up enough to where you couldn't really tell which one it was. There was thought that maybe it was going to be Drogon, mm-hmm. which I think would have been so much worse if it was Drogon. Yeah. But then people looked a little bit closer at the markings. They're like, no, no, that's Viserion. Oh no, that's fake. That's not real. That's not real. And it was. And it was such a spoiler. <sighs> so many. Sp- and we had the series finale spoiled after like episode two, season eight. Yeah. And they're everyone, the, no, they're not going to end the series like that. The The script leaked before the season aired. Yeah. And a lot of people were like, if this is real, it's going to piss a lot of people off. And it did. And it was. Well, there was the uh, the vi- the faint the infamous video of the table read with Connell Hill. Yes, where he's reading, and you see him just throw his script down and just slam and just throw his glasses. Like, yeah, as soon as his character died, he just tapped out. Like when you see that, you're like, oh boy, Houston, we have a problem. I mean, his death was bullshit. Oh yeah, like. It made no sense. But um, I, I rewatched season eight before House of the Dragon, and it was so obvious that Daenerys was going to snap. I don't know why we were so surprised. Well, I, I don't know if we were necessarily surprised as much as, like, the way they did it. Oh, like, yeah, that made no sense. And it just happened too quickly, like... She what? did she go full on Mad Queen? Absolutely. Do I feel it was gonna happen at one point? Absolutely. And the justification that they gave us was that, well, 
the surrender came too easily for her. She she was wanting a fight. Like she showed up at King's Landing wanting a fight. And Cersei and everybody was just like, okay, we give up. And she looked at it as like, no, that's not what I want. I want fire and blood. The one good thing that we got from that last episode was Clegane Bowl. Oh, yeah, that was so well done. And that beautiful shot of them on the stairs with the dragons flying in the background and King's Landing burning was amazing. And don't get me wrong, you know I'm a big fan of Rory McCann and the Hound. Like His character progression was just so well done. He got that character resolution he deserved. Like, yeah, you knew the hound was going to die by fire. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> but the fact that he took out his his brother. And that was his only mission in life was to kill his brother. And he had to like. The mountain had to go. Um, Which, you know, could be another little shade for House of the Dragon. We we're gonna get brother versus brother versus niece. It's gonna be interesting. Like I'm looking forward to seeing how well it go how how it goes going from going forward. Yeah, and another player on the board is Corlys Valerian who we mentioned he and uh his wife, Viserys's cousin Rhaenyra, uh try to set the king up with their daughter Lena, who is very young. Uh, which is one of the biggest things that went against her being chosen, <laughs> for want of a better word, by Viserys. Um, but those those two houses are the last of old Valyria. They're the last Valerian houses. So it would be absolute power to join them together. Yeah. It's just a shame that Lena is only 12 years old. Yeah. And, like, it was... Beyond cringy. Yeah, I mean, she she appeared younger than twelve, to be honest. In this in the scene oh, she was in, honestly, I would have thought like maybe nine or ten. Yeah, it reminded me very much. Um, I, it's not as well known as the old series two, three, and four, but the original series of the Blackadder. Uh, he gets married to, I think she's a nine year old. <laughs> Just for, for comedic purposes, a, a nine-year-old princess, and she's like, he's reading her bedtime stories. She's playing with dolls. It it gave me that feel to it. Like he's very much. I don't, I don't know how old Viserys is actually in this show. He's like what forties? Like I think he's like forty-eight, forty-nine-ish. And you gotta remember, Daenerys at the beginning of season one. I think she was only like. 12 or 13. Supposedly. Like she was young. See, I would have had her down as like 17 in the first season. I think she, she may have been like, maybe, at most she was 15, I think. At most. Maybe she was younger in the books. This is Velvet Sky. Hey, this is the charismatic enigma, Jeff Hardy. Hey, yo, what up? It's Darby Allen. It's the ultimate Vanessa. Your girl's name is wrestling. Hey, Preston Mancer, a.k.a. number 10 of the Dark Order. Hey, this is Tommy Tree. Hey, everybody, it's the interview queen, Alicia Atute here. This is the voice of Killer Cross. And you're listening to the Max Wrestling Podcast. And you are currently listening to the Max Wrestling Podcast. Max Wrestling. 
And we're about to take it to the max. We're about to take it to the max. It's time to take it to the max. We're gonna take it to the max! Take it to the max. Welcome to the madhouse. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the madhouse. Um, so from what I found, she she was 13 in the books and she was 16, 17 at the beginning of season one in the TV show. OK, so that, that, that makes sense. It's a little less cringy, but not by yeah. much. Not by much. No, uh, still trying to get pimped out by her brother. Well, to be fair, that Viserys was. Uh, yeah. A far cry from Viserys the first. Or the second, even. Like... Um, we haven't really talked much about Paddy Considine, who I've always thought was a great actor, very underrated, very versatile. Um, and we're definitely seeing that in House of the Dragon, that versatility just with this character. Yeah. Like we said, he, he's kind of laid back a little bit, but like we saw in episode two, he grew a bit of a backbone at the end of the episode and chose Allison over um, uh, Lena. Which, I mean, I think he's thinking more, and from a strategic standpoint, it makes sense. You know, you need to you know make another error, and, you know... He's also he's sick, you know. Let's you know not lose sight of that. Yeah, that that was quite a um, damn. What's the word? Subtle scene of his finger. Well, there's also the issue on his back. Oh yeah, like he's he's getting infections from the throne. Which, if I don't know how many people read about it, um, Obviously, in the books, the throne is much, much bigger, much, much sharper, and and the reasoning behind how it looks in the TV show Game of Thrones is because I don't remember which king it was had a lot of the swords taken away because he kept cutting himself on it. Yeah, maybe it was Viserys, but we saw that from the first episode, and clearly. It's getting infected, and maggots ain't going to fix it. Oh, no, it'll delay it, but... And, you know, part of the problem is, as far as everything with that, it's also said that the the throne will infect those that it deems unworthy. Hmm. Whether that's, you know, a thing or not, like, I don't know... His time is limited, so I think he's thinking of he's got to provide it. He's got to provide an heir, which doesn't really suggest he has much faith in Rhaenyra. Either that, or he just knows putting a woman on the throne isn't going to be accepted. Maybe it's both. Yeah. Um. Either way, he must know there's going to be some backlash. Oh, yeah. One way or another. Like, you know, he sticks with her, pisses off the crap, the uh, the, the kingdom. Doesn't pit, doesn't go with her, you know, you know, sires a, a son. He pisses her off. 
So it's like, you know, what do you do? Yeah, and especially after that speech at the end of the first episode that he gave um, Rhaenyra about how important it is for a Targaryen to be on the throne and, of course, mentioning the oncoming White Walkers. That was that was pretty powerful. Yeah, the music made it. And then we all know how the long night ended, but that's a different story. That, that's yeah. one of the things that pissed me off about season eight. We we needed to know a lot more about the White Walkers. I feel like they were wiped out too quickly. Oh, yeah, it was too easy. I, I also don't have a problem with Arya being the one that killed the Night King, obviously. Um, it was a great moment. I just wish we'd have learned more about them first. But it also didn't make sense in the sense that, you know, anything the Night King touches turns into a White Walker. He touched her. He touched her face. Or do they have to be dead or a baby? Who knows? Because other than that that newborn early in uh, Game of Thrones, the only other things we saw him touch were already dead. You know, I think at that point, like, the wheels had already were, were already kind of <laughs> Logic's <laughs> already gone. They're just saying, Let's just get it done. People are going to love it. Um, I mean, it did also make sense for her story arc because she spent all these seasons like learning to be a warrior and going through hell with um, um, becoming the faceless man. So her training paid off in the end. Yeah. And there was also this suggestion that she used the face of a White Walker, which I don't think was even possible. But they didn't show us how exactly she snuck past the whole, all the generals to get to the Yeah, thing. like that part to me makes no sense. <laughs> and how does she jump from the Godswood tree or like... Yeah, was that it? Was she, was she going through the trees? Like, the only thing we saw was like a wisp of wind in one of the general's hair. Yeah, that 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 was it. <laughs> um, so hopefully we're going to get a little bit more logic in House of Dragon we have so far. Should be fine. Yeah, there, there's no those guys. Um, and like we said, it ended, well, it didn't end actually with the confrontation on Dragonstone. There was a little bit more after that. But I think that was like the main part of the finale was Damon standing down, throwing back the egg. And of course, the king's furious with her because she risked her life to get it back. But it's like she did what she had to do. She acted like a, like a monarch. Dude. Like, yeah, and she also made a point of, I got it back without bloodshed. And, you know, if we had waited for Viserys to act, it would have been a war. Yeah. And it very much almost was until the dragon showed up. Yeah. The second dragon, that is. I no doubt Viserys was, you know, he was about to say that word and he would have burned them alive. Yeah. Um, but it did actually end the scene um, where Corlys is seeking an alliance with Daemon, which comes as no surprise after... Pretty much his proposal got turned down. 
Yeah, that was a little uh, shady. Just a little bit. But again, we also saw more, more layers today when he was, in a way, still protecting his brother during that conversation. I mean, because he pretty much told, you know, Corliss basically saying, like, watch what you're doing. You're, you're not going to disrespect my brother. No, even though I want to take his throne. Well, it's not so much that he wants to take his throne. He wants to be the king right now. He wants to be the next in line. Yeah, maybe he doesn't necessarily want to be king, but he wants that. He wants the heir. Yeah, he wants to be the next king. Um, and he's gonna get it. He's gonna get what he wants, one way or another. We're we're gonna get another uh, feast of crows. What what was the second book called? The... Clash of Crowns. Yeah, something like that. Uh, we're definitely gonna get another one of those. Oh yeah. Um. Hopefully, no uh, smoke monster. <laughs> so. I described this episode as the calm before the storm because we're going to show the preview at the end of this episode, but episode three of House of the Dragon is going to go off from what we've seen in the preview. It's going to be explosive. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, to quote a very wise, wise man from Oklahoma, business is about to pick up. Oh, fire is about to rain down. Uh the road ahead is uncertain, but the end is clear. Aegon will be king. He's the firstborn son of the king. You will be with your own child sooner than late. I do not wish to get married. Even I do not exist above tradition and duty, Rhaenyra! None of it needs be this way in truth. No one's here for me. Princess! The crab leader has dug in for siege on Bloodstone while his men sabotage our fleet. The matter of the Stepstones is, regrettably, urgent. Yeah! Crabs will soon dine on all of us. We are losing. So there we go. Thank you for joining us on Throne Zone once again. Make sure you like and subscribe. Follow us at Throne Zone UK on Twitter. And of course, Throne Zone falls under the Max Wrestling umbrella on SoundCloud because SoundCloud Unlimited is not cheap. No, it is not. <laughs> you got to pay the Iron Bank for that one. Yeah. Um, they don't take elephants, unfortunately. No. So, she never got her elephants. She ne- those elephants could have made all the difference. <laughs> they would have taken out that dragon, I'll tell you that much. Right. They definitely would have protected that gate. <laughs>